Welcome to the Inside Muskegon Podcast with your host, Jason Pisecki. And now, here's Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 75. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon Podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Gary Ostrom, a commentary on the interview, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Our interview this week is with Gary Ostrom, the publisher of the Muskegon Chronicle, on his upcoming retirement and the Chronicle's 150 years of reporting news in the Muskegon area. I'm here with Gary Ostrom with the Muskegon Chronicle. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Let's start out talking about your background and current and soon-to-be former position at the Chronicle. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> it's, um, you know, I started thinking about retirement and started the snowball rolling down the hill about 18 months ago. And it seemed like a real good idea at that time. Now that it's only a few weeks away, um, I must admit, I feel um, a little apprehensive about walking away from the uh, best job in West Michigan. Well, given that, I think it's a good time for some uh, retrospection. And uh, timing-wise, too, with the Chronicle's 150th year celebration coming up pretty soon, reflect upon 150 years of the Chronicle here in Muskegon. Well, you know, th- this really was my plan, was to uh, was to aim toward the 150th celebration. I think, um, I think retirement parties are sort of bittersweet at best. And so I thought, you know, what a great idea. I would have, throw this big party at the Chronicle for 150 years, and then uh, when everybody's celebrating and having a good time, I'll just slip out the back door. <laughs> but um, uh, we do have, um, have a great celebration coming up, um, and we have um, a public open house on Saturday, May 19th. Uh, first time we've had an open house at the Chronicle since the early 80s. And uh, we're going to have people through the Chronicle. Um, we're going to have refreshments and, uh, and a new video that we've produced, um, a trivia vid- video about uh, Bet You Don't Know It, um, What You Don't Know About Muskegon, 150 Years of History. And we'll do all that in a tent in our parking lot by the new press room. And then everybody can go over to the county museum and see their 150-year retrospective display, which will run all summer. Well, over 150 years, I know there's been a plethora of news and happenings in the Muskegon area. What are some of the top stories over that time that really, really stand out? You know, I've been here 31 of the 150 years. That's one out of every five years that we've been in operation. I've... I'd be hard-pressed to uh, to do anything more than list the top stories, but I'll tell you the story that's most intrigued me over that time, and that's been the story of the um, the development, sale, demolition, and redevelopment of downtown Muskegon. We ran for seven or eight years. Every couple of months, we ran a story that said mall sale imminent or some variation on that. And when it finally was sold and then uh, – 
and then subsequently abandoned and demolished, and now the regrowth of uh, of downtown. It has been, if not the most significant story, certainly the longest. <laughs> well, if, if you could have a crystal ball and go back into the you know 60s and 70s when those decisions were being made to develop mm-hmm. a mall on the property, it's interesting to look back on some of the old photos of downtown and to see all the activity. You know, me being in my 30s, I wasn't around then, but it was quite an amazing place. And it's almost like, you know, going back now and trying to recapture that with the downtown and things are really happening down here. And it's a, it's a pretty exciting time for downtown Muskegon. Well, the, um, the downtown mall had been open six months when I came to Muskegon. So I had never seen the Occidental Hotel or all the old shops and old Western Avenue. But when I came here, the mall was brand new, shiny, and the and a selling point for downtown. And even though it only lasted uh, 25 years, um, it did in many ways save downtown during a time when other cities our size all over Michigan had long lost their downtowns. And I think it still is what is making it possible now for us to see this redevelopment. Well, the discussion of the mall and downtown brings up an interesting point, and the Chronicle has been downtown in Muskegon through it all over that time. How has the Muskegon area in general changed over the last 150 years? There's some awfully amazing photographs. We're going to do three special sections in May that will show uh, an awful lot of photographs covering the whole 150 years. Uh, but downtown Muskegon was a, was a traditional downtown after the lumbering um, business ended. And um, it, little by little, you know, it changed. It remained a retail center. You know, it was with the, with the uh, building of the mall. It remained the retail hub of Muskegon County until just, you know, eight, nine years ago, which, um, which is pretty amazing. Well, Muskegon has really run the gamut during that time in the Chronicles 150 years from being an industry leader in lumbering across the nation and having the most millionaires per capita for a community the size of Muskegon. What kind of changes have taken place in newspaper over that time? It's, it's a new age in media, and the Chronicle is changing to keep up with the times there, too. I look back at our history, and... In the beginning, the Chronicle, um, and it's a couple of predecessor publications that were here that had other names that that morphed into the Chronicle, um, was done everything from printing on a flat bed, you know, one sheet at a time, to the first rotary drum press and so on. Um, but the last few years have seen some real technological changes. If you took somebody from 1930 in the newspaper industry and had brought them in in 1975, they would have recognized all the machines in the, in the newspaper. If you take somebody now who retired in 1985, there isn't anything in the building that they remember or recognize. It's, it's picking up speed all the time. And, of course, the electronic era of news gathering and dissemination is, um, is a big part of, of our future and everybody's. I'm not sure everyone in the community is aware of it, but the Chronicle plays an integral role in not only delivering news and being the leader in Muskegon area news, but also in the community. The Chronicle has a great commitment to the events that take place. 
What went into that decision to have the Chronicle give so much of their time and resources to the Muskegon community? Well, the simplest answer is that we are the Muskegon Chronicle. There are lots of industries. Um, I think we saw what happened with Sealed Power and SPX, where it was possible to, uh, to pick up and move states away, just leave the area. Um, there isn't another town in America that wants a Muskegon Chronicle. Our fortunes are tied directly to Muskegon. We rise and fall with the area, and nobody has a bigger stake in seeing the area be successful than we do. All right, let's look back on your time as publisher of the Muskegon Chronicle and share with our listeners some of your proudest accomplishments in that time. <laughs> well, I I guess, you know, I would be expected to say the um the expansion of the building and putting in all new presses and going to uh beautiful four-color printing and all the things that we've done just since 2001. But to be honest, the best thing that I feel that I've accomplished um, has been building the superb team that I've got at the Chronicle. People in the community know our Chronicle people, our editors, our advertising people, um, the people who are out in the community. And I don't think anybody would doubt that the people who are running our events who are out selling advertising, the people who are out talking to them about news stories are anything but um, some great professionals. And uh, we've built and kept a great team. What will you miss most? Oh, that's easy. Every time there's an election, we bring all the candidates. When I say all the candidates, I mean townships and boards and supervisors, um, and all of our state and and our national representatives as well in and sit down and talk to them. And it's being on the inside. It's getting to talk to all these people, seeing what our elected officials are thinking. And then, of course, we have the burden of doing the endorsements, which isn't nearly as much fun. But I love talking to all of our candidates and seeing the picture. And I'm I'm going to miss not being there face-to-face with them. What does the future hold for Gary Elstrom? <laughs> well, that's a that's a thought that I've been pondering a little bit over the <laughs> over the last few weeks too. But um, I'm still on uh, about four boards in the community that I will stay on at least for the immediate future. Uh, I can't just walk away from some of the organizations that uh, that I've put a lot of energy in and really love. Um, but I've also got a plan. We uh, we've bought an RV. Hopefully, we're not going to do it like Robin Williams, but we have bought an RV, and one of my longtime dreams has been to drive Route 66. And sometime uh, when summer's over and we put the boat away and all of that, um, we're going to hop in that RV and we're going to take a month or so. And I've got a great book that tells how to find all the old artifacts, the downtown streets, the interesting places, and we're going to head out on Route 66. Our son and his wife live in Santa Monica, which is where Route 66 ends. So it's a perfect trip, a perfect reason, and we'll have time enough to do it. All right, let's move on to our final question. We'll give you one more shot. (laughs) With all the media choices out there for people in the world today and in the Muskegon area, 
<laughs> Let's imagine you have one minute alone with a person considering reading the Muskegon Chronicle. Make your pitch to get them to read the paper. <laughs> well, there is something magical about having a newspaper in your hands. Of course, I wouldn't be in this business if I didn't believe that. Um, but electronic information, as as vivid as it is with the motion and the live action and all of that, is the most impermanent of all. And if you're going to be the publication of record, if you're going to be the history of an area, as we are here in Muskegon, and we're showing this in our 150th celebration and all the things that are happening, every birth, death, Every county board action, the elections, the home runs, the touchdowns, the school board activities, the school plays, there's only one place that any of that is recorded for people to hang on to and keep and pass down to generations and put in scrapbooks, hang on to, put those yellowed clippings somewhere where they know they'll always be able to find them. And it's the permanence of the ability to take the news Take it in your hands, fold it up, carry it, take the advertising to the store, hang on to it, go back and look at it again that makes ink on paper news like newspapers um, indispensable. Well, thank you very much, Gary. I really enjoyed it. And best of luck to you in your future endeavors. Thank you, Jason. Congratulations to Gary for a long and accomplished career at the Muskegon Chronicle. He will certainly be missed at the Chronicle, but will still be active in many community-oriented projects. Congratulations are also in order to the Muskegon Chronicle on their 150th year. Not only have they been the source for news in the Muskegon area for over a century, but they are also a critical contributor to the overall fabric of the area. I've commented before on the Chronicle's involvement in the community with festivals and events much of which happens behind the scenes unbeknownst to the public. Without the support of the Chronicle's people and resources, many of the events Muskegonites have grown to love may not happen. Likewise, the Chronicle needs a compelling community to write about in their paper. The Chronicle's quest to remain the Muskegon area's news leader will be put to the test in upcoming years with competition from other mediums. The Chronicle has already implemented enhancements to their online offering, MLive, such as podcasts, more photos, and soon-to-come video. As the convergence of media continues to play out in Muskegon and abroad, stay tuned to see what comes next. With newspaper, web, TV, podcasts, blogs, etc., it's not so much the medium as the message that matters. Given that, there is no one that knows the Muskegon area better than the Chronicle. For more information on the Muskegon Chronicle, pick up a copy of the paper, or visit MLive.com and click on Muskegon Chronicle. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback, and for the latest feedback on Inside Muskegon, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. You can post your comments to the site, view the comments of others, and even comment on their comments. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 75 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Paisecki. Feedback is welcome at jason at insidemuskegon.com.
This has been the Inside Muskegon Podcast. Comments are welcome through our website or by emailing jason at insidemuskegon.com. <laughs>